And if you know somebody that that that's coming off like they need some sort of help or they're they're just not being themselves, don't hesitate to be a friend and just ask, Hey, what's wrong? You okay? You wanna go for a walk? Yeah. You wanna call? Yeah. Here's my number call. What's up and welcome to Nacho's Cafe. This is your boy Will aka Nacho and today is Talk About It Tuesday where me and a guest will sit and talk about it and whatever it is and that's what we'll be talking about. You ready? And today I have a special guest. His name is Art and today we're going to be talking about mental awareness and that's one of the topics I've been wanting to touch on. But when we were discussing just the actual topic itself, I was thinking like, oh, wow, you brought it to another level that I wasn't really thinking about. Because, I mean, it covers a lot because being mental aware, it tackles on a whole lot of elements in life. And through mental awareness, this is special to him because he he's went through some things in his life where being mentally aware saved him. But... It's not my story, it is his, and further ado, here is Art. Hey. And I always say one day, I will say probably on the 20th episode, I will have a taco. <laughs> Today's Taco about a Tuesday, it's Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday. Can you guys at least eat a taco for me because I'm missing it? And not all my guests like tacos, so I don't know who doesn't. Do you like tacos? <laughs> I actually don't mind them, to be honest. Perfect fish or meat? Well, it has It just varies. Okay. It varies. I mean, you can be in the mood for fish, you can be in the mood for chicken, steak. I mean, it just really depends. All right. So my first question to you is <clears throat> why, when we were having our conversation about just the podcasting, why mental awareness? What does that mean to you? I just feel like, honestly, when it comes to mental awareness, it's just not really talked about a lot. And a lot of people look at it as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, some people actually do try to go out there and and speak about it, people laugh. And I mean, it's not a laughing matter, you know? If you think about how many people in the world have dealt with it, mm-hmm. it's a dangerous thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if you don't have anybody to talk to or anybody that understands what you're going through, it's just a joke to them. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at... Mariah Carey, who's somebody who dealt with depression. Look at um, Pink, she dealt with depression. Um, Christina Aguilera, um, amazing actor, Robin Williams, probably mm-hmm. took his life. The lead singer, um, oh my God, what's that band? Linkin Park? Yes, Linkin Park. Yeah. You know, after his best friend died, I believe it was like a month or two months later, he committed suicide mm-hmm. because he was severely depressed over that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very sad thing for people to have to go through. And again, if you've never been through it yourself, you don't understand what these people are going through. Yeah. And I had to deal with that with my brother, you know, um, or family members as well. Not just to put my brother as the outcast, but um, some people said it's all in your head. Pray about it. Well, I'm sorry, but praying didn't work for me. You know, not to say that it doesn't work for other people, people yeah. who who prayers works for them because, you know, their faith may be stronger than mine. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that in general, you know, it's not always just going to be a prayer thing that's going to fix everything. Yeah, without the action either, you have to be doing something as well. Yeah, and <clears throat> for me, I mean, I dealt with with so much that the attitude to that um, from second grade up until even when I was in college, 
25, 26 years old was the last time that I got bullied. Mm-hmm. And wow. I told the girl, and it was a girl, and she mm-hmm. was tiny and she yeah. was little. She was only, I think, like 19 at the time. Um, she kept on messing with me, and I told her, leave me alone, or I'm going to slap the shit out of you. Yeah. This is in high school, you're not going to pick on me, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so it got to the point where she put her hands on my face, and I slapped the hell out of her. <laughs> not saying that it's okay, because no. it's not okay, but yeah. you can't provoke somebody and then, you know, not expect not to have anything happen. Yeah. And the only reason why it triggered me is because it took me back to being bullied. Mm-hmm. It took me back to a place where I was like, you know, I don't want to get depressed because I'm getting bullied now as an adult. Exactly, you know? exactly. You're in a different um, time in your life now. Once you, you've overcome something, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, some people overcome um, health issues, some overcome depression, some overcome domestic abuse. Once you overcome something, you don't ever want to be put back in that place. You know, for me, thankfully, I have not been on my medication for almost five years. Mm-hmm. I was on them for about six years, and I made it a point to get off it, you know. And what was this medication for? It was for um, depression, severe depression. And my, my depression was so severely bad where it was, you know, I had so much suicidal tendencies. Um, I've been 5150 four times. Started off when I was, I want to say, probably seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so young. It's hard because, you know, you don't expect to go through things like that. And kids can be cruel and, you know, it's just stuff you don't, you don't ever wish on anybody. Exactly. You know, people hurt you. People make you feel like you're nothing at times. And even people that did that to me, I'm like, you know, I pray you never have to go through this because, or your kids can, you know, we get old and have kids. Yeah. It's just not, it's not cool. And and for me, my psychologist told me, you'll always be on medication. And I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, I will not always be on medication. And I'm going to make sure of that. And you'll see me in three years, you're not going to hear from me again. She asked me, is that a threat to yourself? I said, I'm sorry, I'm not a hazard to myself. I just need the help. But I'll, I'll guarantee you I'm not going to be on this for the rest of my life. That was conviction from inside. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't like that somebody was telling me yeah. this is going to be you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Because mm-hmm. you don't control my, my no. emotions. You don't control my happiness. Right. You don't control anything about me. Nobody has that power. You know? Unless you give it to them. Exactly. And that's what I was just going to say. Nobody has control over you unless you give them that power to control you. Yeah. And, um... One day, I got fed up with just being on this damn pill, and it wasn't one, it was two pills, Zoloft and Wellbutrin, you know, and I got tired of it. I got tired of being on the medication that somebody said, this is what you need to keep you alive. Yeah. I was like, you know, fuck this. Grabbed them, dumped them down the, the toilet, flushed them, and haven't been on them. Did I have withdrawals? Of course. I had withdrawals. Not saying of course, but you know, like, I think when your body's getting <clears throat> so used to something, and it's missing it, your body's going to probably, you know. And, and, you know, I got a little shaky, and everybody reacts differently to medication. Mm-hmm. I got a little shaky. I got um, nauseous. I was getting headaches. I was getting anxiety. And, you know, that, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad I did what I did. Yeah. You know, I overcame it. I, I, I did something that I thought for myself was the best thing I could have done. Mm-hmm. 
you saved yourself. I, I did, and you know, not just me, and you know, the the psychologist saved me too because she helped me get on this meds. She gave me the meds to help me get control of my emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, and it does. It really does help, and I get it that a lot of people don't like to to take medications. Like my brother, he's one of those that he will not. His son was just diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And I tell my brother, you got to take him, you know. Well, no, we're going to do this our way. We're going to do this our way. And I'm like, that's fine, do it your way. But if it gets to the point, remember what I went through. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to see your kid be 5150 because you're, you're just being stubborn, you mm-hmm. know, because you don't agree with it. doesn't mean he's going to have to be on it for the rest of his life. It just means it's giving him the push to make him feel better. Mm-hmm. Even though they may not be crying out for help the way we're used to it it's still a cry for help when you realize there's something but you have to realize you're not in their shoes you know so Mm -hmm. as a parent i'm not a parent but just just as a parent you gotta listen to your child you know take a listen like or just you know if they say you're diagnosed for something then okay what are some you know cautions or what are some steps to calm it down or what can i do to not make it too major for my child yeah you know just some steps not because we don't know it all we don't all know it all so we can't you don't and like i said earlier (laughs) unless you've been through that how can you tell somebody else what they're going through or why they're feeling the way they do you know i mean my first suicide attempt like i said it was back in seventh grade um came home got bullied (laughs) sorry it's okay it's okay um It's funny because I've talked about it so much and like it hasn't affected me in so many ways, but I guess because of the cause that we're doing now today, you know, just to spread awareness, it, I don't know why it's getting to me, but it is. But um, I came home one day from just being bullied and I said, fuck it. There's a bottle of um, Advil and some other medication that was on the, in the cabinet and I just grabbed it and took it. My mom comes home, sees me on the floor had to rush me to the hospital and she said that my stomach got pumped. They had to pump my stomach to get everything out. How many pills were in there? It was a brand new bottle. I mean, they come with how many pills? About 200 in each bottle or something like that? Oh. You know, it, it was, it was rough. It was so rough. Like, I just didn't know what else to do. When you cried out for help, was anybody listening? Or did you cry out for help? I did, but, <clears throat> you know, I don't know how many other cultures are, but when you're Hispanic, a lot of people take it as, get over it. Mm-hmm. You're just crying. You're just being, you're crying for attention, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, you know, back then, I didn't know if that was right or wrong. I'm still a kid. I'm still trying to figure out how, what I'm going to do, you know, once I'm done with homework, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do to to pretty much just be a kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. Can I go outside and play? Mm-hmm. And, um... No, it was, I think once I told my mom, she really didn't care. She always had my brother in the same schools to protect me, but it's like protection can only go so far. It's true. You're not in my classes. You're older than me, you know. My brother's a year and a half older than me, so he couldn't always be there to protect me. Yeah. Especially when you're in the same school and you have younger kids and older kids. The younger ones take a separate recess or, or lunchtime than the older kids. And that's how our school was. So my brother couldn't always be there to protect me. And I just felt like, you know, there was really nobody that could help me. If I told the teachers, some teachers were assholes, were, 
they just I don't kids are kids. But is it just kids are kids when somebody dies? Especially at that age, even younger. Yeah. I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I heard a story about, no, I say probably about two years ago, I heard a story about a, a seven-year-old who came home and hung herself. Seven, you're seven. What do you know about killing yourself at seven? You know, and it's devastating. And I cried when I saw that because why couldn't somebody just help her? Yeah. You know, it's, it's sad. Then as I got older and I started realizing more and more what this was, you know, my mom started taking me to, to therapy sessions and stuff. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened that I wasn't aware of myself. I was, but I wasn't, if that makes sense. Because as a kid, well, you know, something's going on, but you're not aware of the severity of it. Yeah. And so just talking to a therapist, everything came to light. My mom couldn't understand why, why I was so young and trying to just want to die. Mm -hmm. You know, she couldn't. Things came to light. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, what also another thing that didn't um, help me with depression was the fact that as a kid I was molested. Mm -hmm. You know, and that doesn't help the situation. No, it doesn't. And those are I feel like those are sometimes demons that are very hard to move past. They're very hard to move past. Um, there was one particular incident that I went through, and for years, now I'm talking about 10, 15 years down the road, still couldn't sleep. Because mm -hmm. every time I would go to sleep, it's like watching your favorite movie, you know? Yeah. And I'm a fan of horror movies. But this was one one horror movie I just didn't want to watch anymore. It was your own. It was my own. It wouldn't let me get past it. And how old were you when that started, if you don't mind me asking? I was five. Oh. I was five years old and then it stopped when I was fifteen. And the few people that you expect to protect are the few people that hurt you the most. I come from a family of eight, first born to my father, last born to my mother. And it was my mom's oldest son and her middle son who were the, some of the perpetrators that did it. And to me, I mean, they're dead to me because you, you're not family to me at that point. If you're willing to hurt your own siblings like that, you're not, you're not family. And I never understood, like, why do I hate life so much? Why am I at a point where the only thing I can find to fix it is just dying? It's a cruel world at that age when you can't get no answers. You don't understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. You have these flashes that just haunt you and you can't escape it. And for a child, who's maybe heard or just read a bottle just to escape something, you take that so you can get rid of the pain that you're consistently feeling yeah. to get some type of peace. You know, there's people out there who do not know what it's like to be in your shoes, and they'll say, oh, you know, suicide is a, a pity party or whatnot. But then again, yeah. you got to think about, well, why did they do it? 
and what are they trying to escape? And the sad part is that some people do speak out on it, and some people... And no one's listening. And people just shrug it off, and then when, when something tragic happens, it's like, oh my god, why didn't I do this? Well, they did tell you. Mm -hmm. You chose not to help. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not in their shoes doesn't mean you can't listen, because I feel like some people are always in denial, and they're not going through what you're going through. They're like, no, that didn't happen. How can you tell me what happened to me? You can't. Oh my god. It's okay. You can't sometimes, you know, you can't. Sometimes I used to just sit back and when something would happen, if I got a thought, I would write it down. My brother would find my journal, go read it to my mom. My mom would get mad. Why? Why? Why this? Why that? But that's how you're feeling. Well, what does it matter? You're yeah. not helping me. I've been telling you, mom, I don't feel right. And you're not helping me. Mm -hmm. I'd expect me to, to get better. I'm not getting help. Mm -hmm. As I got older, as I got older, um, I'm a huge fan of music. I love music. I'm sure a lot of people do. And, and you know, the beauty about music is that it helps in so many ways. So many ways. Mm -hmm. It helps. People like Beyonce, people like Eminem, Snoop Dogg, um, Britney Spears, who saved my life was pink. Her, um, her music really saved my life. To listen to what she went through. And it's funny because every song that came out from her, I was going through something. Mm -hmm. Whether it be child abuse, whether it be getting bullied, whether it be depression from a breakup or whatever, it, it, it helped me. You know what I mean? I mean, I wish I could meet her and just tell her what she means to me, you know? She saved my life with her music. I, I go back and I read lyrics and just reading lyrics, it makes me cry. Now, does it make you relive or make you realize something you've conquered? It makes me feel like at that time I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And before it used to make me relive, relive things that I didn't want to relive. But now when I look at it and I read lyrics, I'm like, yeah, I remember how you helped me with that song. <laughs> I remember where I was. I remember thinking, you know what, fuck it, tonight I'm just going to kill myself. Tomorrow I'm just going to run in front of a train or something. And I would read her lyrics, I would listen to her music, and it stopped me. And that's the beauty of music. I mean, it helps, you know? And you never think that, you think because you're famous, you have money, you don't go through these things. But they're human just like we are. They have their own demons, their own battles they're fighting. Yeah. You know, and we have ours. And in so many ways, we're so much alike. The only difference is they have a talent that we don't have, and they're, they're using that talent, they're making a living off it, and we have our own talent that we make a living mm -hmm. with, you know? I could understand for, um, you know, some celebrities who have a heart where it could be pressure because when you're so focused on the media, the media is so focused on you, you're, you're starting to forget that you're human and you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And there's no such thing, but as a society, as we are fans or whatnot, there's only few fans that appreciate them for what they're doing, but also forget that they are too human. If they one day just don't want to do the concert today, you have to remember they're also human. We have our ups and downs just like everybody else. There's no one better than or di we we all are human. We have feelings, you know, and 
you know, I appreciate the celebrities that have a heart and show that I'm human too. And so for her, she shows that she's human through her music and it was speaking to you in a way where it's just like, thank you. Like as if she was there with you. That's exactly how I felt. Exactly how I felt. It didn't matter what I was listening to. She has a song, um, it's called The Great Escape. And when I heard that song, from my point of view, I thought it was a breakup song. <laughs> I thought it was about, oh, I want you, I love you, don't leave me, stay yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I love about her, and I don't know how many other artists do this, and I'm sure there's a lot, but one thing that I love about her is that she's always said, I'm not going to tell you what my song was about because I wanted to help you how it's going to fit you. And I ended up finding out that the song is actually about suicide. And then she wrote the song when she had a friend who was going through a hard time. And from just talking to that friend, this song came about. And it's called The Great, the Great Escape. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a part in that song where she says, scared of the dark, but not if you're here with me. And I don't need a pill to make me numb. And I wrote the book already, but that chapter in my life will soon be done. Right. And I'm not going to want you to make that great escape. Yeah. And <laughs> when I heard that song, I crumbled. I was already older. I wasn't battling this. Yeah. But I crumbled because I was like, wow, what was this song when I needed it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it came out years later. Mm -hmm. But it did make me think of what I was going through. And just that part right there, you know, I'm not going to watch you make that great escape. I was like, man, if you were my friend, I would be in your arms right now, big to yeah, you. Yeah. Because yeah. just that small little verse right there saved somebody she was talking to, you know? It made me feel like if I would have heard that, would have changed my mind. Like, uh, uh, a lot of her songs have done. And that one was called The Great Escape? The Great Escape. And she has many songs that that talk about different things. And, you know, again, music, you take it how it fits in your life. Yeah. yeah. One of the greatest movies that I've seen, and, you know, I hear people that say different things about, different reviews about the movie. For me, I thought it was an amazingly, amazingly well-made. And it was remade five times. And this last time it was remade with Lady Gaga. A Star is Born. My God, I've seen it. And I love that movie because it does touch bases on mental illness. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy she falls in love in the movie ends up being severely depressed. His career is not kicking in, not kicking up anymore because now his girlfriend is the new star. She's, you know, having her career. He's happy for her, but causing the depression because now they're focusing on her instead of focusing on him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sadly in the movie, he ends up taking his life. And that's something that she's always spoken about. Both her and Bradley Cooper have always said that that movie was a great experience for both of them because not only did they get to work together, but also they focused on something that not a lot of people want to talk about. You know, you see all these movies, actions, horror films, comedy, but nobody wants to touch on that subject because it's frowned upon. And the fact that they did it and, you know, I mean, it turned out to be amazing. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. It really is.
I, I know it's a touchy subject. Um, I guess for me, I've never thought about um, taking my life. I just, I just wanted to leave it somehow, you know. Um, I guess it could be the same way, but I never took any approaches. But, you know, coming from like just being in third grade, second to um, being bullied, you know. Granted, what they're bullying me about, obviously, is true now, but third grade when there was new students coming in and I remember I so vividly like be careful that one because he's gay but how do kids know what that even is it comes age? from home yeah. though it does that's from parenthood you know someone's talking about it someone's saying if that person isn't macho enough they're gay they're a fact whatever the case is I have been called that since freaking first grade and and even when I moved on to seventh and eighth grade still some of the same people who used to bully me then they would see me fag and it was just like okay i hope does that make that makes you feel better because i just stopped fighting people on like it's not true i have a girlfriend you know whatever you know i fought it for a very long time and it was always something that i guess it was something that i needed to get over or accept but it took a long time and then when i did i found the peace inside me you know, but that's not on <laughs> but, but, you know, just, I guess the reason why I said it is like these kids bullying you. Like, what do you know about that? Yeah. You're, you're just wanting to attack somebody because they dress differently than you. I did nothing for you to say that, you know, so it's just, it's just amazing me. So like bully is everywhere. It doesn't really have an age. It doesn't. And it's and it's all about upbringing. <laughs> I mean, not too long ago, I didn't just say, boy, he doesn't have an age. Not too long ago, I was at the store and you see these two old couples. Well, they're not even a couple. Uh-huh. It was just two old ladies. Uh-huh. And they were fighting. And I'm like, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> Don't speak because that's going to give you a heart attack. <laughs> like, just cut this shit out. <laughs> you old. Right. Right. But some, yeah, it, it just, it really does not have an age. Yeah. You know, and for me, to go through all that made me decide on a career path. For the longest time, I didn't know what I want to be when I grew up. Wow. And even as an adult, I'm like, I, w- I want to change my life. I want to do something. Mm-hmm. But what do I want to do? Thought about being a nurse. I couldn't pass the assessment test for that, so obviously that didn't happen for me. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing that I decided to go to school for was to be a social worker, and I'm still in school for that. And it was to be a social worker and work with foster kids. Wow. That's pretty big. I don't know what it's like to be a foster kid. But I kind of know what it's like not to be wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that my experiences can make one of them feel like, well, you know what, somebody actually cares about me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're depressed, come talk to me. You want to cut the, go ahead, let it all out. But once we do this, we're going to work on how we're going to change things for you to have a better outlook. And that's my goal with, with, with this career is I want to be that person that one kid can come up to me and be like, hey, I know I don't know you, and, but I don't know who else to talk to. Can you just listen? I'll listen. But at the end of the day, if there's something that I know I have to report, I'm going to have to report it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, and even to the day I had my, um, about 
three years ago or so, my cousin's uh, friend, she um, she was going through depression really bad. And, you know, they asked me, or my aunt asked me, hey, can you talk to her? Because nobody else is going to be able to talk to her and, and get where she's coming from. Unless they've been there, you've been through that before. And, you know, throughout the whole story, she, um, she told me she was depressed that she wanted to kill herself. And one of the reasons why she was going through that is because somebody had raped her. And, and I told her, I was like, you know, you got to tell your parents, you got to let people know, because this is somebody that doesn't belong out on the street. This is somebody that needs to get caught. And I mean, I cried because it touched close to home yeah. when she was telling me. And I told her, I'm like, it's okay. But just know that this is not your fault. Mm-hmm. You know? She just kept on saying, like, I want to die. I want to die. I want to kill myself. I started yelling at me, saying, I just want to fucking kill myself. And I, I know I did the dumbest shit with grabbing a knife. And I just put it on the car. I said, what do you want to do? Do it. I said, people who want to kill themselves don't announce it. That's you crying for help and attention. Because somebody who's going to do it, they're just going to do it. I was terrified when I did that because I'm like, oh my god, this girl better not stab herself or something. Like, you're like, you, you know, assistant, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? But um, she cried and cried and and it was this a cry where like somebody just died. You know, the way you see them dramatically in yeah. movies, that, that's when she started crying. My aunt came and I was just hugging her and telling her it's okay. Like, we're going to get through this. Wow. And you're going to tell your mom, and it, you know, just tell her you need a therapist. There's nothing wrong. I don't mind going with you to your sessions. I can be in the room, I can wait in the lobby, but you need to talk to someone. Yeah. And you can't talk to somebody that knows you because they're just gonna look at you and be like, yeah. get over it, you'll be fine. But again, if you ain't been through it, you don't know what that feels like. You don't know what that does to the mind. Yeah, and it's, I just hope that, you know, whoever's out there listening to your podcast and listening to this segment, that don't be afraid. You feel something, and if you know somebody that's, that, that's coming off like they need some sort of help or they're, they're just not being themselves, don't hesitate to be a friend and just ask, hey, what's wrong? You okay? You want to go for a walk? Yeah. You want to talk? Yeah. Here's my number. Call me. You know, and I'm always like that with my friends because I know what it's like to to be in a state of mind where nothing matters mm-hmm. and nothing is important anymore, and the only thing that matters is you just not being around. And I've had dreams where I wonder, like, I've had dreams where in my dream I'm dead and we're at a funeral. My brother's there, my mother's there, my best friend Kevin, and my best friend Eva's there, and. They're the only ones there. Nobody else showed up. And that, that was the recurring dream that I had often. And I always wondered, like, wow, is that how unimportant I am at times? You know? And as an adult, that I'm not taking the medication anymore. I haven't had that dream anymore. Really? I haven't. You know? And I don't know if it was me having it because I'm on medication feeling like this is what my life has come down to. Uh-huh. It's yeah. wow, and it's and it went away when you stopped taking. I went away when I stopped taking my meds, and I had to take not only meds for for depression. Um, I had to take meds for anxiety. Uh, I had to take. I can see how that would come up, you know, I just. Oof. I had to take meds to um, 
to be able to sleep. So going back to the dream of one particular incident, it's all that I dreamt about, all I dreamt about. And so many nights, I just wanted to wake up and kill myself because I'm like, I can't. You can't even sleep. I can't even take this anymore. Yeah. You know? <sighs> I can't take it. It's, I'm done. Uh, well, I'm so appreciative that that these sources came to you to speak to your soul and that you chose to be here because I believe that as ugly as some things happen in our lives, everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't wish any of that on anybody. And not that I hate saying that, you know, everything happens for a Really, why, you know? But to conquer that says so much. And it's not easy because when no one's listening, how can you turn to yourself to be a hero? How can you turn to yourself to save you? But yet, somehow, you did. You turned on that song because you chose to listen. Mm-hmm. And heard the words and it reached out to you. Um, one of the things I, I do want to say to listeners out there, especially parents, you may have an opinion on how you raise your kids, but if a child goes to another source and says that they do feel like they were a foster kid, you have no right to say that I never treated you like that or say, how can you say that? I will ask you, were you in your child's shoes? Because you have no idea what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. And if you do, you know what it's like that your child's going through because it replays something that maybe you went through the same thing, but nobody was there. So you're thinking because you went through it. So does your child break the freaking curse and do something about it? Because if your child is crying out for help in a way that you don't think is crying out for help, or you think that it's you're second guessing your um, the way you raise your child, do something about it. Because it's in your hands. They didn't choose to be here. You chose to have them. So act like you care. That's all I have to say. And I mean, don't be mad if they go to somebody else. Yeah, you can't. But learn. Here's something like, what did my child say? Don't be upset. I get at the end of the day, you're still the parent. You know, yeah. I get that. But you have to, somehow, you, you have to be a bit of a friend to a kid, too, for them to feel comfortable mm-hmm. to be able to come and, and talk to you and tell you. One of the things why I'm so happy that I don't have kids, because I'm afraid that if I had kids and they went through that, I'd probably be in jail. I would agree. I'd be the same way. You're not going to hurt my child. Yeah. And I've told my brother and my sisters, too, if your kids ever go through that, don't let me find out. Because you guys know what I went through. You guys know what I dealt with. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I'm not going to stand up and just watch something happen and walk away. I'll put my life on a line for a child because no child deserves to go through that. And if you know that your kid went to somebody else, don't be mad at them. Ask yourself, why didn't they come to me? Mm-hmm. And and I feel like, and don't approach it as an attack. Approach it as being sincere, like, why didn't you come to me? Well, you're my mom. You're my dad. At the end of the maybe day, they're scared. At the end of the day, you're still their parent, mm-hmm. but you have to let them know it's okay to come and talk. Whether you like what you're hearing or not, be mad about it later. Mm-hmm. But at that given time, they're coming to you because they need you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, just embrace them. 
because they probably need a hug that you probably haven't given them and maybe you think it's in a certain way but they need it they need to they need to be reminded that mom or dad does care and they do love me and they are listening and i know there's some parents out there that are listening who want their child to come like why didn't you come to me there's a reason maybe they don't want to worry you because you'll be second guessing maybe you did a bad job on raising and you didn't you know it's it's on both sides but i think it just needs to be don't be so hard on yourself if you feel like you did a good job on, on raising your child it really needs to be something in the middle just just remind like hey if you ever want to talk i'm here and it's not going to be an easy thing for a kid to talk to their parent it's just a given um because we already have our, our assumptions of what you're going to say. We already have our assumptions of how you're going to act. We already think that and we just going to avoid it because we think you're not going to hear us. But when you give us those signs and we actually take that approach and test the waters and you actually come out differently, like, I mean, I'm guilty. I've, I've had things with my mom and I thought she was going to respond in this kind of way and she didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> and those are the best moments, yeah. you know, because you're able to go and talk to your parent. Yeah. And you expect them to react a certain way because, like you just said, yeah, I know you. This is how it's gonna go. Yeah. And then when they surprise you with yeah with something that's not what you yeah. thought, it's like, wait a minute, where's my mom? Where's yeah. my dad? Yeah. Because you're no. not that person exactly. right now. Exactly. I just got chills, but exactly <laughs> because that honestly, that's how it was. Because I assumed my mom was a certain way, very strong, independent woman, and now we have this great relationship where we can talk to each other and that's how me and my mom are right now like yeah. we didn't have the greatest relationship mm -hmm. because of circumstances mm -hmm. but now it's like you look at me and my mom we joke around mm -hmm. we talk to each other i battled cancer and that didn't help being depressed Oof. you know so so for me, it's like, my mom would come up to me, hey, are you okay? Hey, do you need anything? And I told my mom, like, mom, I get it, you're my mom, and I get it, you, you're worried. I said, but worry when you see me feeling down. Worry when you don't see me being me. You know, if you see me just in bed all day long, and you see me doing this and doing that, and it's not the norm, worry then. Don't worry when I'm fine. Don't. Don't worry. For me, when I'm fine, worry when I'm not fine. When you know, oh shit, you're being, you're something wrong with you. Well, maybe she thought that you're putting up a front. But I wasn't putting up a front. Not that you were, thing. but you know, but I, yeah. I mean, I kind of get it from both angles. You but, know, still just want to make sure you're up. I want to make sure you're still up. You know, you want to yeah. check in every now and then because sometimes we miss those moments where you really do need the help. And I didn't tell my mom that I was battling cancer for the longest time. I didn't, because I didn't want her to worry. Yeah. You know, and... That's like a death She sentence. found out a week before my brother got married, just like my brother did. <sighs> and I didn't want to tell anybody, because at the same time, I didn't even want to go get my results, you know? Mm -hmm. And when my mom finally found out, well, she heard through the grapevine that, you know, I have cancer. And she asked me, and I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, well, when did you go for your last follow-up or your last checkup on that? Oh, I went a couple months ago. So what happened? I don't know. I never went and got the results. Why not? Because I don't want to know. And this was already the third time I, I had came back, you know. And yeah, I fell, I fell into a big depression. 
started drinking a lot. Of course. My mom asked her, okay, you're being an alcoholic, like, what's up? Because you drink, but you don't drink like this. Yeah. And I, you know, I opened up and I told her, I'm scared, I'm terrified, I don't know what to do. And if it wasn't for my brother coming over with the kids, I don't think I would have gone back. What happened? The kids came in. They came in and my goddaughter, my godson, the minute they opened the door, Uncle Art, we missed you. I love you, Uncle Art. Can we go play outside? I just want to spend time with you. And I'm like, you little shit. <laughs> like, I hate you right now, but I love you because you don't know what you're doing to me. Yeah. You know, and if it wasn't for that day, I probably wouldn't have fought it. I probably wouldn't be here, and this time it's not going to be because of depression or mental illness. This time it's because it's a health thing. Yeah. But if it wasn't for them, I would not have probably been here right now. Yeah. You know, they're my little angels, and I mean, I love these kids, but they're my world. Yeah. And they're probably going to be the closest I ever come to having kids, yeah. you know? But it's... If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Wow. It's just amazing how these elements in life is like just saying that you still got it. Yeah. You know, it's don't give up in a sense, like little whispers, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and it comes in forms that we least expect it. Right, they you were that. thinking mom's going to do it or oh, your best friend's going to do it, you yeah. know, regardless of what they did. But I think it comes in ways that we know um, right now, when you said that passion, you know, yeah, it, it made me think of, of something. And again, it goes back to Pink. It's, yeah. it's a part of her lyrics that yeah. she did. She says, don't lose the passion or the fighter inside you. There it is. And, and when I was battling, when I was going through cancer the second time around, I heard that and heard one of her songs. And I'm at the doctor's office, you know, checking my, you know, how everything is supposed to progress. I'm just hoping it's getting better, it's getting worse. Can we schedule surgery to remove mm -hmm. it? Can, you know, am I going to be on remission? Like, what's going to happen? Now, did you have to go through chemo? Um, I did end up getting radiation, so I did lose my hair. Mm -hmm. um, I did get burnt, and, you know, I did get rid of all my pictures because I don't want to remember that. Mm. And a lot of people ask me, well, I don't believe you. That's why I don't believe me. I don't care. Right. <laughs> if you weren't around then, and you're barely around yeah. now, what makes you think you're going to be around in the future to right. know if it ever comes back or not? Don't worry about it. Ugh. You don't know me. Makes you don't know so my <laughs> You don't get to say that. Yeah. You don't get to do That's that. That's not your fight. Mm. And, and it was tough. The last time around, I was put on a medication because I told them I'm not doing radiation. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing chemo. And they put me on a pill that pretty much does the same effect. Uh-huh. It takes longer, uh -huh. of course, but it did the same effect. And and I said, I'm not going to do it. If they're going to give me radiation and chemo, uh -huh. you're just going to kill me off now. Don't treat me at all. Right. Because I'm not doing, I'm not going through all that. And, you know, in January, I, I ended up going for for surgery and we were able to do surgery and then we got rid of it, you know? And, I mean, they said, you don't got to worry about it for the next five years. Yeah. So, Hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully I never have to get it back. And um, the finding that out was was tough, you know, and yeah. that brought depression back. Mm -hmm. yeah, and like it's when it rains, it pours. I hate saying that, but I'm just yeah. saying like just for you, you're an example of that. Like when it rains, it pours. And, and at that time I was going through not just that, but there's like other things going on in yeah. my life that yeah. 
It does pour. It yeah. does pour when it like rains. Like it all you know? comes it's down. Fucking hurricane coming on yeah. you. Yeah. And it, it was tough. It was really, really tough. And I've had a lot of people ask me, like, why did you, why you have this exterior on you? Uh-huh. Like, you come off like you're just a little badass. And it's like, I'm not just a badass, though. I mean, I am, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've learned to be this way because I just got tired of people trying to tell me how to live life. I got tired of being down on myself. And if I have to be tough on other people to earn that respect, then I'm going to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, not think that I'm fake or putting this facade out there that I'm a different person, but I'm not. You know, I'm still the same old person. But if you're going to be disrespectful and you're going to come at me wrong, I'm not going to be that nice person. I've been through hell already. Yeah. You know, I have. And back. <laughs> you're, you're not, yeah. not going to put me back over there. Exactly. I can give you respect. I can talk to you respectfully. You know. But if you want to come for me, like, it's not going to be pretty. Because you're going to go see a whole side of me that you're not going to like. And if you say, well, art's an asshole. But what did you do for me to be an asshole? I'm not just an asshole. Right. Now, I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to mistreat you mm-hmm. just because I'm bored and I have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. You know, that's not me and that's not how I was raised. That's not how I am. You have to do something. I mean, what they say, every time you point one finger, how many fingers are pointing back at you? <laughs> Three. So don't point fingers exactly. and say, point the finger you're, at yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> say, ask yourself, what did you do for me to be like that with you? Yeah. But, I mean, I hope this helps somebody. It it will because um, it did for me and for just listening. Because I mean, I've been through life, but I haven't been through a life like that. And it helps me appreciate life, and it it helps me feel good about what I'm doing here because I don't want to say that's my ultimate goal, but it really is because someone out there. I don't care if it's one person in the whole entire world that hears this, but that saves somebody. Just like I, I hate the fact that we're all, all isolated and you have to cover your face because a smile does so much. It does. And it can, it's, it can save someone's life. You don't know what anybody's going through. And and I want to go back on even when you're saying, you know, the girl who was bullying you and you were in your 20s, you, you just need to watch what you're saying to people because, I mean, as mean as it sounds, she deserved it because I'm just saying, you got to watch what you say. You don't know what the next person is going through at that moment in their life. You don't even know if that person has a gun and you already want to bully that person. Bam, there goes your life. Whose fault was that? Because you didn't think about what came out of your mouth. You just lost your life over that. And it's sad because like even in school too nowadays, mm-hmm. kids get bullied. Mm-hmm. And look at all these school shootings that went on a couple years ago. Within the last five years, how many school shootings have there been? And there's always signs. But and when you want to turn your eye, fully. this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lie. Luckily for, for my family, we don't keep guns in the house. Good. I'm not going to lie, though. <laughs> I thought about going to my dad's house, mm-hmm. stealing one of his guns, and shooting out my damn throat because I got tired of fucking being bullied. I'm battling major shit, and you're going to come for me like that? And that was my way of just being, this is going to end now. Yeah. And like I said, I'm so grateful that we don't own guns in my house because mm-hmm. I could have been one of that person. And, and then people are going to be like, well, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Of course, saying every, everything you do, but so still don't know what's doing? going on. Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
And I'm grateful and I'm glad that I didn't take that that dumbass mistake of, yeah. of ever getting to that point. Yeah. But was it a thought? Definitely it was a thought. Yeah. Because I got tired of it. You know, and then parents want to now be like, oh, my kid, my kid, my kid. But you're not listening when your kid is trying to be your kid. Yeah. Listen, hear them out. Mm-hmm. If they're being bullied at school, don't assume that, well, that's not true. The kids will be kids. And, you know, at the school, question it. And if you have a child that you raise a liar, then go and maybe observe. I'm sure you can go on the campus and watch your child. My mom did it. So, I mean, <laughs> if you really, really care, you know, show up. And show your child that you're watching. I'm watching whether you're lying or not. But if you're telling the truth, I'm going to find this out. Don't just like, oh, it's just school, baby. It's just kids being kids. <laughs> no. I was in third grade. He was just, it, it, it doesn't, there is no age. There is no age. Yeah, for me, the bullying started in second grade. See? Second so you cannot say kids will be kids. What is wrong with the kid bullying another kid about something? I mean, what's right with that? It's there, not what's wrong, but what's right with That's that? Right. That's the wrong word, but... Yeah, but... I mean, I got what you're saying, you know? And I'm sure everybody did, too. But it's like, it's not so much of what's wrong. It's... I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Like, my best friend got bullied, too. When this was around the time that we met. Mm-hmm. I met my best friend about 25 years ago, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> <laughs> and so, so um, you know, he went home and told his mom, she crazy, <laughs> but she didn't do nothing mm-hmm. about it, and not because she didn't want to, but because when grandma found out, grandma had, she used to work for the post office, and she would say, from this time to this time, I need to be off work, because I have something I got to do. Mm-hmm. And they granted it for her. Mm-hmm. You know, what she tell him she had to do, I don't know, but they granted it. And who became the new new Nate? Grandma did. You're not gonna fuck with my grandkid. You right, know? right. And she told him, you can talk to me, do not call me grandma, call me by the last name. Wow. And sure enough, he never got bullied again. Right. You know, and I'm not saying every parent needs to do that, or every family member needs to do that, but that was her way of solving that problem. Mm-hmm. She heard about it, she didn't want him getting bullied. Mm-hmm. She didn't want him getting in trouble into any fights. She only became the new nade. Monday through Friday, for an hour, two hours, she was the new nade. And that's when I met him. Yeah. Around that time. You know? And he's one person that I'm very grateful to have in my life, along with my best friend, Eva. Mm-hmm. And uh, people say, well, how many best friends do you have? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many you have. We matter. had... We have a group of five people, and I call them all my best friends. We take vacations together every year. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if it wasn't for these people in my life, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. You know, they listen. They're there for me, whether they agree with it or not. Yeah. They help me fight depression. They help me fight through cancer. They help me fight through my bad days. They're there to celebrate my good days. They're there to celebrate when I've done something good for myself. I mean, come on, I bought my very first brand new car. And this was a couple of years ago. What did we do? <laughs> I picked them all up. We went and had dinner. We celebrated. I got my old car. <laughs> and I don't have that car anymore because it was in an accident. But mm. we celebrate the smallest things. Why? Because this is our, this is our family. Yeah. This is what we do for each other. 
you know, and I let go of a lot of people in my life because I'm not going to surround myself with so much negativity. I already dealt with a lot of that growing mm-hmm. up, and I don't want to have it in my life as an adult. And I get it, we all have good days, bad days, and you're always going to come out of negativity. But going through everything I've gone through, you know, somebody asked me, how do you look at things and be so positive about things a lot? Because <laughs> you've been through enough bullshit that at everything that happens, no matter how tragic it is, you have to find something positive out of it. I feel like you gotta find, figure out when enough is enough. And for my uncle, like when my uncle passed away, yeah, it was devastating. You know, he was like a father figure. And it was hard to have to say goodbye to him like that. You know? And um, <clears throat> the only positive thing I can find from that was you're not suffering anymore. Now you can finally rest in peace. Yeah. I miss him dearly. What did you guys do together the whole time? We didn't have to do anything. That's the thing. Just being around each other. Just being around each other. You know, I didn't have my dad around me growing up. Uh And even when I came out to my family, when I came out to my family, I was about 20, 21. Uh I did the mistake of telling one of my aunts who had the big mouth. I was going to say, like, everybody. (laughs) That when my uncle found out, and our conversation was in Spanish, but Mm -hmm. to translate it in English, he said, he came up to me, he goes, Hey, Art, I have a question for you. Are you a fag or what? And I'm looking at him like, excuse me? <laughs> Are you so fucking real, dude? And I'm like, did you really just ask me my ass? I mean, no, you're not wrong, but... I mean, you could have asked it nicer. <laughs> and I thought he was just going to be like, well, I don't want you around me. Yeah. You know, that's not be so negative. Because being Hispanic, they have that machismo going mm-hmm. around. And like, you got to be a man's man, you know? You can't be a feminine dude. And I'm not. And a lot of people, like, as far as I know, it's me and my cousin. We're the two gay ones in the family. Mm-hmm. But you look at my cousin, and you see a walking rainbow. <laughs> but then you look at me, and yeah. my whole family is like, unless you really talk, you really can't tell you're gay. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just me. You know, I wasn't, I'm not into the whole feminine thing. Yeah. I'm not into wanting to be a woman. I'm yeah. not wanting to dress up like a woman. That's yeah. not my thing. Yeah. And if that's your thing, hey, by all means, you do you. Whatever makes you happy, you wear yeah. that shit out, you know? Be you. Be happy. Do what makes you happy because nobody else matters. Exactly. You know, and and for him, he he told me, he's like, well, I don't like it, but you're my nephew, and I love you. And if somebody fucks with you, they're fucking with the wrong people. And I'm like, well, thank you. He's like, if you ever want to talk, even though I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes and yeah. date somebody of the same sex, but I, I'm I'm on yours for you. That's huge. You know? And he didn't agree with it, yeah. but he never put me down for it. Yeah. And the fact that you're willing, you're you're not homophobic, you don't like that lifestyle, but you're willing to... You put yourself aside. To put your differences to the side and be able to be a father to me. Mm-hmm. And you're not even my father, you know? You're my uncle. Yeah. That man a lot. And when he found out I was going through depression, mm. he, um, I was over at my aunt's house and, you know, he came and he's like, hey, what's wrong? Like, you're not being a cheerful self. I'm like, I was never cheerful. I pretended to be happy because I didn't want you guys to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. He goes, what's wrong? Opened the doors, told him everything. We, <laughs> not saying that it's okay for an adult to buy a child a drink. <laughs> but he bought two beers and we went to the park and you know he's like i was like no i'm not old enough he goes fuck that you're with me 
we're going to talk. So what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? Do you want to hurt yourself? And I told him at times I do. At times I don't want to be alive. This is a man I've never seen cry before in my life. Gave me the tightest hug. And he told me, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this because you're important and you matter. And just because people don't make you feel that way, you know you matter to us. It's the family. We don't do that to each other. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how you're feeling or how bad life is. Don't ever take your life, please. He helped. You know, and it's sad because I never thought I could ha- I would hear that from yeah. somebody, just anybody in my family, that I matter because I yeah. didn't feel like it, yeah. you know? I really never felt like I mattered. Yeah. And even when people try to tell me I just I couldn't accept it because I think there's so much that at this point it's like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was meant to be a punching bag for everybody to throw jabs at. And that's what was pushing me over the ledge. Yeah. It was. And, you know, on my Instagram, which I'm not going to give it out because I want to keep personal, you know, yeah, yeah. family and close friends on my social media, but um, on my Instagram, every time there's some type of awareness, especially when it comes to mental illness, Mm -hmm. um, I did a post where I had Robin Williams, you know, and it's pretty much the same. If you you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help. And my brother seen it, sent me a big ass message. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, we're the blank family. This is not what we deal with. We're stronger than this. Why are you thinking stupid? And and I'm like, did you read what that post said? Right. Don't jump. I'm not things. depressed, bro. Yeah. Like I haven't been on my mist in, in like two years at this point. I'm not depressed. I'm oh, feeling really fucking cool. amazing. Yeah. I said, but you need to watch how you talk. Yeah. Because had I been back in those days, that would have made me want to kill myself. What did he say? He's like, well, you shouldn't be thinking. I said, read. The post. The post is talking about mental illness awareness. If you're depressed, you know somebody guides them in the right direction. But you would have guided me to want to kill myself. That's what you would have done. He's like, don't tell me that. Hey, I'm telling you what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit with you. Yeah. What you did, how you responded to that, if I was in a weak state of mind, I wouldn't be here right now. Because of you, so thank you for that. You try to make it seem like it was my fault. No, it's not my fault. You did not read the thing right. If you look at a bunch of my social media stuff, especially on Instagram, a lot of it has quotes, because I used to put a lot of quotes on there. One quote will make you feel better. And I actually became friends with somebody who, ironically, is a friend of a close friend of mine. And um, I went into this bar. Um, there's a bar where, where I'm from. Mm-hmm the next video over and it's called a hookup no it's not a sexual thing just to clarify <laughs> that <laughs> but it's called the hookup yeah. it's a small little hole in the wall and me and my friends go there you know we go there for karaoke nights on wednesdays but thanks quarantine for messing that up and um you know we would go every sunday and just get together and we drink mm-hmm. and i mean we i uber there all the time because i'm not trying to get a dui but you know, we Uber, we, we get there, we drink, and then we go bar hopping. There's two bars right across the way from each other. 
So we would farm hops there, back there, back, and then we just end up at the um, at the hookup, you know. And my friend Danny, he goes, "Hey, um, I want to introduce you to my friend Henry." And I'm like, "Why does that sound so familiar?" Yeah. And he's, um, "Are you the one that's always posting those quotes?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He's like. I've seen them, and I don't know how you popped up on my feed, but you popped up, and there's been a couple of them that made me feel better. And I'm like, well, keep reading, because I'm always going to try to find I haven't posted in a while, just because social media has really turned a whole different direction, you know, and I try not to really be on it as much, but during quarantine, there's nothing else to do but to go on there, and if they haven't posted anything, you know, but I, I used to try to find a good quote that had to do with either depression, had to do with suicide, had to do with domestic violence. But I try to find a good quote that, that would be positive. Because if somebody sees it, I hope it helps you. And he told me that. He's like, you know, you posted two not too long ago that I read. And I was like, wow, I really needed this today. And people have done that too. And I'm reading just through, yeah, through yeah. feeds and stuff. And I see something, I'm like, man, I'm going to steal this because I'm going to use this and I'm going to save it. And for the, when I was on at my office job, I actually used that particular quote and I put it as my screensaver. And somebody asked you, why? Why do you have that? I said, we'll read it and then you tell me what it does for you. Because if it doesn't do anything for you, then you obviously didn't need to hear it. Exactly. But I was in a point in my life where I was still um, battling in and out of um, uh, depression, mm -hmm. but I was going through a breakup. I lost my godmother. I lost friendships, and I was really feeling like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, I had only been off my meds for maybe about a year. And I'm like, well, this is what it comes back to. Now I gotta go back on this shit again. Right. Now I gotta battle this thing all over again. I don't want to. So, yeah, I went back on my medication only for a month, two months to help me get through that time. But so much was coming on me after that. I got rid of it again. My therapist was like, told me you would be on it. I said, no, you don't understand. I just need to push for now, but you're not going to see me again. Yeah. Now, like I said, it's been, what, four or five years? I haven't been on my meds. I just love that. Because I, I'm a, I'm a very firm believer. Um, I'm spiritual, but I'm a firm believer. When you speak something to existence like that with such conviction, you're claiming over your life that this is what's going to happen. Because people think they know it all, and they see someone. Oh, there's no hope for him. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. sure maybe that's what they like. If you're going to be on it, like, I want to punch that person in the face. <laughs> you know? Oh, I did. I <laughs> because. How, who are you to say that, you know, over someone's life? And I can only imagine how many people have heard that and never got over it. You know, one of the sessions that I went to, because I used to go um, to a group meeting, and it was with Kaiser, because I had Kaiser at the time. And I swear to God, when I went in, I'm like, fuck, am I at an A meeting or something? <laughs> because you had a big group, mm -hmm. but it was, it was group therapy. And I had a whole misconception that this was going to become something completely different. Every day we start off, you want to talk today? Yes. Okay, you spoke. 
And if nobody else wanted to talk, you can go longer. But if there's more than one person who wanted to talk, we'd give you 15 minutes each person. You know? yeah. Everybody needs the time to talk. So if this would go longer, if we had to, if not, we would just start off the next session. And I used to go, I think, twice a week. And um, so on one of the, the sessions that I had, I was reliving this one particular incident that I just couldn't. It was hard. It was really hard. It was really hard because at that time, it was when I was already being put on my medication. And one of the topics was me having an issue with my mom. Because sometimes she knew she didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst, you know. That's the worst, you know, that you told an adult. Not just any adult, but your parent. Yeah. And they didn't do anything about it. And the therapist we had that day, she goes, well, you know what, Art, you're 13. How old are you? I said, it's been 13 years since I had to relive that moment. And not because it happened again, mm. but because I had a flashback. So it doesn't matter how fucking old I am at this point. You're a therapist, you're supposed to do your damn job, and that's how. I said, fuck you, I'm done with you. I got up, I stormed out, and then the person who was in charge of that, of setting those groups up, asked me, can I speak to you? I said, I'll speak to you, but I don't want that bitch around me. So what happened? Because you're like, you just need to get over it. And I told her, I told that therapist, I was like, how, how does she have a job here? Right. We're all out here because we're suicidal. We're, we want to kill people. We want to kill ourselves. And this is the help we're getting? This is what I'm paying for? I don't want to be in her class anymore. I don't. And I will be calling corporate. And I will call whoever I need to call to get her ass out of here. So that is not how you help. So the following class, we're in there. She's like, all right, can I talk? I said, no, you can just shut the fuck up because I'm not talking to you. And everybody was looking at me like, oh, damn, like she really pushes buttons. Because one girl used to work with her. And she didn't know nothing of what was going on. But she was there because um, she ended up finding out that her son ended up getting molested at a camping trip. Mm. And it was the neighbor's um, teenager who did it. And so I, I felt, you know, for her, her son was only 10 at the time. But I understood that feeling, you know? Mm. And she said that she was so depressed over it because she wanted to go over there. She wanted to kick his ass. Oh, she wanted yeah. to do this, but she can't hurt a, a minor. Yeah. You know, and she's more concerned of wanting to be there for her kid. Yeah. And she was just like, how can you say that to the group? Like, I don't understand. How are you a therapist? And you tell somebody, well, you just got to get over it because the, you're an adult now. I, I don't uh, care. Uh. <laughs> like, you're not in here, you know? You're yeah. not in here seeing what, what's going. When I close my eyes, this wants to kill. Yeah. Whether it be somebody else, whether it be the perpetrators, whether it be whatever, it, it wants to die. And it's going to kill somebody. Whether it be myself or whether it be that. And I just, I couldn't, you know? I'm just so grateful I never harmed anybody. Yeah. You know? But there's so many chances. As a kid, dealing with depression, how hard it was. Like, I ran in front of cars. And luckily, no car ever hit me. And I was mad. Why'd you stop? 
And they're like, what the hell's wrong with you, kid? You know, but it's like, it, it was so bad. Jeez, it was so bad. I had a friend who, where I live now, around the corner, well, down the street, about two blocks away, we had a railroad track. And when we were in high school, she ran into the train. Her mom came over the next day and she was like, um, she was like, hey, um, I just need to talk to you. And I'm like, what's wrong? And I didn't even know it's probably because she was a lesbian. You know, and her family didn't accept it. And she goes, well, we're going to talk about Melissa. Like, what's wrong with Melissa? Is she okay? She killed herself. She ran into the train. I flipped my shit. I lost it. I better have it. She killed herself because you guys didn't accept it. You guys didn't want her to be a lesbian. You guys, you did it. She didn't kill herself. You killed her. Oof, fell into depression again. Even harder. This is one of my closest friends. She didn't kill herself. You killed her. You did bad parenting. You didn't have to like it, but find ways to cope with it. And my brother asked me one day, he's like, hey, if you had kids and your kid was gay, would you, how would you feel about that? I said, I would never want any of my kids to go through what I went through. Would I be a hypocrite and, and treat them like shit because he or she was? No, I wouldn't. I'm going to accept it, my kids. But I know what all that does and how cool people can be. That's a circle that never ends. You know, and do I want that? No, I don't. If I can take every kid's pain away and all those emotions, I'm pretty much being an empath, mm -hmm. I would do it. Why? So they don't have to go through what I already went through. And that's the sad part that people don't realize how cruel mental illness can be, how cruel it, it is. I, mean, I always, one of my tattoos that I want to get is the hazard sign. And <laughs> the funny story about that was when I wanted to get it, people were telling me like, oh, why would you get that? Do you know what that means? <laughs> and I'm like, is the hazard sign? Yeah. But why? Because I'm a hazard to myself. Why well, at least I used to be, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, people that have that, it's because they're, most people that have it, it's because they they're HIV positive. I'm like, well, I'm not. <laughs> And if you are, I hope you're taking care of yeah, yourself now, yeah. but I'm not. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but that's what that's going to promote. I said, no. And at the time, I cared so much what people said. Yeah, so, okay. okay. So I never got it. But the reason why I was getting it is a pink song. The song is called Don't Let Me Get Me. Oh, okay. And she says, I'm a hazard to myself. Don't yeah. let me get me. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine in my head right now. And I love her, I'm telling you. Yeah. And at that time, I was going through major depression. Mm -hmm. And I have cuts on my body, on my arms, on my legs. But when I used to cut myself, because I, I got so frustrated, I couldn't talk to somebody. And when I did, it felt like nobody gave a shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was listening to Pink, and this is off her Misunderstood album, second album she made. And for me, listening to that song, I was like, I really am happy to myself. Bad. Don't let me get me. I feel like you should still get it, but put an X through it. Because you're no longer has it to yourself. I'm not. I mean, I have, a, I have a tattoo on me. Right now, on my left ribs, I have... It's from the song Try. And the chorus line says, Where there's desire, there's going to be a flame. Where there's a flame, someone's about to get burned. But just because it burns doesn't mean you're going to die. you got to get up and try. 
but it means to me that just because life gets hard, doesn't mean you give up. Because it's going to get hard. It is. If it hasn't already. But just like she said, you gotta get up and try. Get up and try to get yourself back together. That's all you gotta do, just get up and try. Yeah. And I'm in a much better state of mind. Yeah. But your song's still talking to me. And the thing that sticks out to me is get up. For me, like that's just a big thing for me because no matter what, what's going on, get up. There's nothing wrong with being down. No. Just get up. Because whether they're down, there's an up. Oh, she said in an interview, I want to, if my music has helped you in any way, I did my job. And she helped me so much battling depression. She helped me get through it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm forever grateful to her, to her and her family, you know, they're lucky to have her. Awesome. Well, your family is also very blessed and lucky to have you. Because look at you, look at where you've come from and where you are now. You know, I, I think that's it's an evolution of its own. You know, we're all like a phoenix. We rise from those ashes and you, you have risen from those ashes. So thank you. Because that not only touches me, but oh, I'm sure it's going to touch many others. Um, if there was anything that you would like to encourage for those that may be going through something similar or going through something worse than you, what would you, what would you tell them? You'll never be helped unless you want to help yourself. If you're ready to, to get help, start within yourself. And unless it's with the parents. Stop being stubborn and just listen to your kids. If somebody, if your kid, doesn't matter how old they are, they can be grown-ass adults. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they lost a close one. Just listen. Give them a hug. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Don't think it doesn't matter. Because age is nothing but a number, like Aaliyah said. That's right. Age is nothing but a number. We still feel what we feel. Our bodies were made to feel emotion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wish I was a tin man sometimes when I was growing up, you know? Yeah. He didn't yeah, have a so heart, much. he didn't feel nothing. <laughs> but it's okay. No matter what you're going through out there, you're going to get through it. Well, thank you, Art. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you very, very much. That was, um, uh, if you already completely listened to this, it was, uh, it was it's a tough one. But we all have to face it eventually. You have to face the music. And for all those, you know, who are battling through this, remember, you know, get up and talk to somebody because somebody's listening. It may not be who you're expecting it to be, but somebody will listen. You're going to be okay. Yeah, you will. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Art, for opening up because I... I know for myself it's hard opening up, but I haven't been through anything like that. And so thank you for being strong to um, open up like that. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me and letting me. And that completes today's Talk About It Tuesday episode on Nachos Cafe. Thank you so much for listening and see you next Tuesday for the next TBIT episode. And remember, when you run into a mental wall of personal perspective, talk about it. P.S. If there is anyone battling thoughts of suicide, there is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline you can contact, and that is 1-800-273-TALK. 
Again, that is 1-800-273-8255.